0: What's going on? Friday, September 25th. My name is Yerks, and welcome to Yerks Talks. It's Football Friday. It's also a very jam-packed episode. We got a lot of stuff to get through. We got basket hoop news. We got more playoff shenanigans there. Baseball. Speaking of shenanigans, we got baseball news as well. The playoff picture heading into the weekend on one side is pretty clear. On the other side, it's just a mess. We have no idea what's going on. It's going to be... ridiculous weekend of baseball games we had the thursday night football game we had some Fitz magic a little bit of a fitz magic sighting we'll talk about that one and then to end off the week we will preview the week three games the nfl a lot of good games this weekend so i'm looking forward to that you can follow me on twitter at john yerks and follow the podcast on instagram at yerks talks on facebook as well even though i hate facebook <laughs> i've made that pretty clear this week you can also follow the podcast on Spotify, right, to get notifications when it goes live. And then on Apple Podcasts as well. All right. Got a lot to do, so let's start with the NBA. Two predictions in a row for me in the NBA now. I'm excited. Uh, the Lakers beat the Nuggets last night, 114-108. They now have a commanding 3-1 lead in that series. Uh, they, like I said, they would. They came out with energy. They started rebounding the ball, which they did not do in Game 3. Uh, they had 12 offensive rebounds in this game. That was probably the difference, honestly. Uh, they had rebounded the Nuggets, 41-33. to Anthony Davis on fire. He started this game 8 of 8 from the field. He finished with 34 points, 10 of 15 from the field. LeBron James had 26 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Playoff Rondo doing it again, 11 points, 7 assists. Dwight Howard, he got the start in this one. He had a double-double in the first half. Uh, he finished with 12 points, 11 rebounds. Caldwell Pope, the KCP guy, right? And then Kyle Kuzma, they both had solid nights off the bench. Uh, Playoff Rondo, I think, has emerged as kind of their third guy, but he doesn't really do it scoring-wise, but he provides a lot of assists. But they were hoping that Kuzma was going to be that guy for them, you know, that third player. Uh, It might be Caldwell Pope now, so we'll see. If If they both combine to do it, then that'll work. For the Nuggets... Uh, this one was about yeah too many they give up way too many offensive rebounds right they give up twelve and then uh, Jokic was in foul trouble in this one uh, he had no points in the fourth quarter so that was those were the two main uh, reasons that they lost Jamal Murray once again oh my God he had this high he had this highlight reel last night but his he had his best clip he's driving and he goes up left and then scoops around LeBron James's block and goes up with his right hand and kisses it off the glass for, for two. It was, it was sexy. It was incredible. He had 32 points and eight assists. LeBron James, speaking of him, he covered uh, Jamal Murray down the stretch. He said, Oh, I'm not let- he, he's we're not letting this 23 year old kid beat us. And so he, uh, he locked down on Murray and uh, yeah, Jamal really struggled down the stretch with LeBron guarding him. I mean, you have a freak of nature on top of you. What are you going to do? Uh, Jamal, Jeremy Grant he had another good game seventeen points, uh, but Jokic like I said with the foul of trouble no points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he had sixteen points seven rebounds and four assists. Uh, yeah, just couldn't do enough with Jokic in trouble. Uh, they missed some open threes down the stretch, and they ended up losing this one. So game five for this one, this game, this series is Saturday. Can the Nuggets do it again? Remember they were down three three to one in both of their playoff series and they came back to win, I just don't think they can do it. I think that LeBron realizes, hey, man, we had we could have gone up 3-0. We let that one slip. Uh, we won last night. Let's put the nail in the coffin, the final nail in the coffin, right? Uh, I think that the Lakers are going to win on Saturday and then advance to the finals. Tonight, in the other conference, we got Heat Celtics. The Heat are also up 3-1. Tyler Hero, the monster 37-point night for him. The rookie, twenty year old stud. He, he calls himself, I think he, what is it at Kentucky? There was a clip circling around where he's like, I am buckets or like, like, like I'm, I'm a bucket. Oh yeah. That's it. I'm a bucket. Where like, he's like, literally I'm, I'm points. I'm a bucket. I'm unstoppable. So, and he was great. And then Miami, the story of this bubble playoffs, right? Just take making the most of the opportunity, you know, I mean, new location, got a, a lot of young players that got to develop while the season was postponed. You have a lot of the veteran teams, right? That if the bubble hadn't happened, maybe so like if the bubble doesn't happen, right? The Bucks probably stomp in the east, and then the Lakers probably stomp in the West. So who knows? I mean, who knows? But I mean again, this is just this happens in, in sports, right? Injuries or just things you can't control. And Miami's done they've done great. They've taken advantage of the opportunity and they've then they are on uh on match point here so however i think that boston bounces back they come out like they did in game three with a ton of energy and i think tatum's gonna have a better first half even though he finished with the most points for the heats in game four love that kid he's he's incredible i think that boston will win tonight they'll take game five but i think miami will win on i believe it'll be sunday for game six and then then they'll win the series and then it'll be lakers and heat in the finals which that's crazy, because Miami has the fifth seed. That would be bonkers. All right, let's move the NBA. Or no, we we just were in the NBA. Let's move away from the NBA. There we go. Sorry, I'm trying. <laughs> I need to not rush, even though there's a bunch to do. Uh let's go baseball. And we'll talk baseball news right now. And we'll start with the American League. So the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays, they clinched the playoffs last night. Seven of the eight teams right now are in. You have the Rays, you have the Twins, the A's, the White Sox, the Yankees, the Indians, and now the Blue Jays make seven. There's one team that has not clinched yet. They're in the sixth spot right now, the Houston Astros. And there's only one team that can push them out, and that is the Los Angeles Angels, or the Anaheim Angels, LA Angels of Anaheim. That That's what it is. Oh, man, get it together. All right, so <laughs> it's... It, it, there's a lot of work to do for the angels though so the astros play three against the rangers and their season and the angels play three against the dodgers yikes uh if the astros win any of those games or if the angels lose any of theirs then uh they're in so the astros are probably going to be in in that 16th spot speaking of seeding though in the american league that's really the only thing that could change this weekend so first up you have the blue jays they're in that eighth seed right now. They're two games back of the Yankees. They have a three-game series against the Orioles and their season. Uh, the Yankees have three games against the Marlins. They're currently in that fifth seed spot. Uh, if they win and the Jays lose one of those games, then they'll be in that fifth seed at least. They'll at least be in the fifth seed. They could go as high as, I believe, the, th- the fourth seed or maybe even the third. No, it wouldn't be the third. They could go as high as the fourth seed because there's still a race for that AL Central title. So right now, the first seed in the AL Central is the Twins, which would be the second seed in the playoffs. And they have three games against the Reds. Now, the Reds, they're also competing, too. We'll get to the National League in a second here. Uh, The White Sox, they're second in the division, which is the fourth seed in the AL playoffs. Uh, They are one game back, and they have three games against the Cubs. And then the Indians... Who are the seventh seed right? That first wild card seed in the AL. They are two games back of the Twins, just a game back of the Sox, and they have three games against the Pirates. But the Pirates, <laughs> ever since that, ever since I knocked them on that one, they're surging right now. They won three straight, 18 wins on the season. So maybe the Pirates could play upset in this one. Who knows? But yeah, a lot could happen in the seeding wise, right? The teams are already laid out, but seeding wise, the Yankees could go all the way up to 4 and or they could finish in that last wild card wild card spot in 8 the Indians they could go up all the way up to 2 if they win the division the Twins could go all the way down to 7 same with the Sox a lot of stuff could happen but the teams are in like 7 out of 8 and most likely the Astros are going to win i don't see the Angels sweeping the Dodgers even though the Dodgers might rest some players in the national league though i mean this is just a nightmare <laughs> So here's here's who's in right now. You have the Dodgers, the Braves, the Cubs, and the Padres. They've all clinched. That's it, though. Only half the teams have clinched. But there are two teams that can clinch tonight. So the Marlins can clinch with a win over the Yankees, and if the Phillies lose to the Rays. And then the Reds can clinch with a win over the Twins if Philly loses to the Rays, and the Brewers lose one out of two in a doubleheader against the Cardinals. I mean, so if that uh, – if Rez a lot to happen, the Marlins, they could probably clinch tonight. But here are the key series for this weekend when in, re, in regards to the National League. So first up, you have the Marlins. Right now they're in the sixth seed. They have a three-game series against the Yankees. Remember, the Yankees, they're still trying to get their spot in the AL secured. The Phillies, who are one game back of the Marlins and half a game back in the wild card. So this is where it gets nutty. So they have three games against the Rays. Now, the Rays, they can clinch the number one seed in the AL if they beat the Phillies tonight and the A's lose. The A's play the Mariners. So now we have the Brewers, okay, and the Cardinals. So the Brewers, they're one and a half games back of the Reds and two games back of the Cardinals. And then the Cardinals, right now, they're in that fifth seed. So the Brewers and the Cardinals, they start a four-game series tonight to end the season. And so that's gonna that that's gonna dictate a lot. A uh, little side note here: the Cardinals apparently aren't gonna play sixty. I don't I don't know how it's gonna work. Remember, they missed a shit ton of games with the coronavirus stuff, so they've only played fifty four, and I only see four games left on the schedule. So I don't I don't know if maybe the math is wrong on the website I looked at, or if they're just gonna play fifty eight. I'm not sure. Then we had the then we have the Reds. They're in that seventh spot right now. They have three games against the Twins. Remember, the Twins in the AL Central, they're trying to clinch that division. So these are very important games. And then finally, we have the Giants. They're in that eighth spot. They start a four-game series against the Padres. So a a a lot of moving pieces in the National League here. A lot of teams, the Giants could sneak in there. You could have the Brewers knock the Cardinals out. You could have the Reds just miss out. The Cubbies also in that division haven't clinched yet. So somehow the Cubbies can move to down to a wild card spot as well. if They don't have a good series against the White Sox. So a lot of movement on the National League side. Also, there's two teams that are technically not out of it, out of the ones I just said. So the New York Mets and the Colorado Rockies, just to add to the chaos here, they could they're not mathematically out of it, right? Now, a lot would have to happen for them. Both these teams would have to win out, and then everybody else would have to lose. But technically, they're not out of it. It's going to be a crazy weekend, though. All right, let's get into the Padres here. So they kind of avoid this nonsense, right? They don't have to uh, deal with it, really. You know, like, they're uh, they're chilling. They've already clinched, which is nice. It's good for them. But they had some issues, definitely, tonight. You know, they had some... Uh, or last night, excuse me. Last afternoon, I should say. They had some issues for sure. Mike Clevenger, he left that game early, unfortunately. It was kind of a bummer. Remember, he had that great top of the first. It was awesome. He looked great. One, two, three inning, two strikeouts, and he got pulled. Uh, the news came back on that, so he has a sprained right elbow. Now, honestly, it could be a lot worse, right? Uh, there's, There's... Hope that he could potentially return in the playoffs, but I honestly, like, let's not rush anything. Okay. You know, we want him next year. We don't, we don't need him to go out there and try to be a hero. Let's not rush anything. Injuries happen. This team has earned the fourth seed in the playoffs, right? They were great before him when they got him right? It was to make that extra step. We just gotta, we gotta think like, all right, man, like this is a good enough team. We got to go next man up, right? Injuries happen. Paddock and Richards—they both got to step up, right? Richards probably going to move from out of the bullpen, maybe. Well, we'll see. Actually, because you assume so. Next week, right? Wild card starts, and I think that the Padres play Wednesday as their first game, right? So it'll probably be the then Davies, and then most likely Paddock. So Richards might still work out of the bullpen, but we'll see. Obviously, it sucks. that the Clevenger got injured. You don't like to see it, but uh, let's let's try to. You know, not dwell on that and try to have a good series against the Giants here. These next four games, we have a doubleheader today. And let's try to end this, the season on a high note and carry that momentum into the playoffs next week. So, game one. We got Denelson Lamette for us on the mound. He's got that 3-1 record with a 2.07 ERA, which is now the fourth best in baseball. He's been sensational all year. And then against uh, pitching against him, Tyler Anderson He's got a 3-3 record with a 4.53 ERA. His last start, he went five and two-thirds innings, four hits, two runs. None of them earned three walks and four strikeouts. Game two is Chris Paddock, the Sheriff, four for four with a 4.2, four and four record with a 4.23 ERA. He had a great last time out. Uh, it was a quiet last time out, right? A lot of ground balls, a lot of flyouts, but we take those. Uh, he went six innings, only the one hit. Uh, two, no earn, two walks, and three strikeouts. It was quiet, but it was good. He was also wearing... I don't know if it was cold. I think the game was in San Diego. I could be wrong. But he was wearing long sleeves, so I don't know if that's something new that he's going to be doing or or he feels like he can't show off his lion tattoo because he had his lion tattoo that he got because he hasn't been pitching like a lion. I don't know. But uh, he looked good this last time out, so hopefully we can keep that momentum going. He's going to be... Crucial in the playoffs, right? Um, hopefully not in the game three of the wild card. Hopefully we, we, we win the first two with Lament and Davies, but he'll be pitching in that uh, divisional round for sure. And then for the Giants, uh, right now it's undecided for them. I, it depends on the result of game one, right? Because they're in the wild card hunt. So if they win game one, maybe they don't go with somebody. Then maybe, maybe they pick another pitcher to go in. But if they lose game one, maybe they throw out Queto. And saying, okay, we got to win this now. So that one, that just kind of depends on the game one result. But come on, Padres. Let's get, we're in the playoffs, which is exciting, but you don't want to keep your foot off the gas, right? You want to have, build some momentum going into the playoffs, right? You want to be hot. You want to be like the Indians who are getting hot. The Blue Jays who just clinched last night, they're getting hot. You want to have some momentum going in. You know, you don't want to be cold. You want to be on a losing streak. So let's, Let's take three out of four at least, or let's sweep the Giants, keep them out of the playoffs. That would be awesome. All right. We got football. The bulk of Fr- football Friday, obviously, is football. So let's get it. First, Thursday night football. The Dolphins, they beat the Jags last night, 31-13. to Game should have been closer, honestly. Uh, it, was, it was actually kind of funny. So after I did my prediction yesterday, right, and I uh, ended the – episode i went through i went back through my notes and i was thinking huh after after what i said i maybe should have picked miami <laughs> i mean i stuck with the jags obviously but after what i was saying about how okay miami's got good players but they're still learning building together fitzpatrick can be serviceable that was my big mistake i shouldn't have doubted ryan fitzpatrick fitzmagic made an appearance last night on primetime. His 16th season in the NFL, he's been on eight teams, and he's just out there. I believe he's 30 – he's either turning 38 in a month or he's 38 right now. He's just out there having fun, man. I love watching him play. Uh, He started this game 12 of 12 for 127 yards and two touchdowns. He can move, too. Fitzpatrick's got wheels, man. He also rushed for some first downs. He was great. He finished the night 18 of 20. So, right, after that hot start, he didn't really have to do much else. Uh, 18 of 20 for 160 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran for 38 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, It was, uh, I believe it was a third and goal and they ran a quarterback draw. They, they brought all, they pushed everybody out. It was just him in the backfield and it was a quarterback draw. And you just love, uh, (laughs) I just love Fitzpatrick, man. He's just so much fun to watch. The dolphins came out hot in this one. Uh, Their first three, their first three drives, they scored three touchdowns. It looked great. They ended up four of five in the red zone in this game. Their defense really stepped up, though. Uh, they adopted the the bend-don't-break mentality, which a lot of defenses do if your offense is scoring points right. They played with a lead all game. Essentially, this is what they did all game. They played a lot of zone defense. They, they said, you're not going to beat us deep. We'll give you the underneath stuff, right? The dump-off passes to the running back. We'll give you the slant routes, and then we'll just make good tackles, and you're going to have to dink and dunk it all the way down the field and sustain long drives. And the Jaguars just couldn't do it. They made a ton of mistakes last night, a lot of missed opportunities. So start with the defensive side. Uh, So a guy that I was hyping up pregame, C.J. Henderson, the rookie out of Florida, Uh, he had a rough game. He he, he was getting – he drew the short straw. He had to guard Devonte Parker, wide receiver for the Dolphins, and yeah, he was just making him look silly. Uh, there was some, there was a pass interference penalty against him that maybe couldn't have been called in the end zone. He he would he gave up a touchdown to Mike Gesicki where they were playing zone defense and he just didn't drop back fast enough to stop the completion. Uh, it was a rough night for him, but obviously he's a rookie and I think that he's still their best corner on defense, so he'll get better as the season goes on. But tough one for him after I, I after I shot I um, shouted him out. Kind of a bummer. Um, there were some penalties against the Jaguars in this game that were pretty questionable. So there was a PI against uh, Caleb on Chase on the rookie for Jacksonville against Matt Breida. and that one looked like it could have been PI on Brita more than the Jaguar defender. And then their offensive lineman got the left guard got ejected for touching a ref. Uh, there was a fumble on the play, uh, you know, and it's crazy. Everybody jumps into the pile. Nobody knows what's going on. And so he was trying to get up, so he's trying to push arms off of him, and he just happened to shove a ref's arm. It was completely incidental, but the reps still threw him out of the game because it's a it's a no-touch no policy on the reps. You can't touch them at all. If you touch them, then you get ejected. So that's what happened. But it was completely accidental. It was not intentional. And so that was a really bad call. It didn't really matter though. The offense just struggled in this one. They really missed DJ Chark. I didn't think that he was gonna be a huge loss. I knew that I mean obviously he's their best receiver, but I thought that they would still be able to move the ball. Um I called before the game I said that they might have the best wide receiver core in their division. I still think they do, but oh man. They uh they had some mistakes in this one. So Minshew, first off. He was 30 of 42 for 275 yards and in interception. The pick was at the end of the game. It's okay. Uh, he did take some sacks in this one uh, where he should have thrown it away or he should have uh, ran it, like ran outside the pocket or ran for a first down. He missed some. He was trying to go for the home run sometimes, right? Because when you're playing against a defense that's, that's giving you the short stuff, you really want to try to throw it deep, right, and get because it's really frustrating. The longest pass Jacksonville had in this game was 16 yards, just to give you an idea. So, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to just keep throwing it down to the running back for five yards and keep dinking and dunking, right? So, there was a couple times where Minshew was trying to extend the play, and maybe he would get a sack or he would throw it out of bounds, where he really should have just taken the dump off, right? You got to take what the defense gives you, even if it's like a thirty, <laughs> like a twenty. Thirty plays are ridiculous, but like a twenty-plus play drive to get a touchdown—I mean, that's what you got to do, right? So he'll hopefully he'll look at the film and he'll see that uh, he had a crucial overthrow on a broken coverage by the Dolphins. He overthrew a wide-open receiver last play of the third quarter that would have cut the game to fourteen, like cut the cut the lead to the Dolphins by fourteen. And then maybe if Jacksonville gets a stop, then the Jaguars can go down and cut the cut the cut it to a seven-point deficit who knows they were three for 10 on third down Chris Conley wide receiver for Jacksonville. He, I felt like he was trying to lose this game. He had two massive drops on third down. He had a, he had offensive pass interference on another third down. He had a rough, he had a rough uh, game. He ended the game somewhat decent in the fourth quarter, but man, it was rough. They went, they were also 0 for three on fourth down. I liked that they were aggressive though. Uh, which is something I called out earlier in the week, right? I talked about with John Gruden and how uh, coaches like Adam Gase or Bill O'Brien, they, they're they very passive where they make their own decisions. Well, uh, Doug Marone, he made the right decision. They just couldn't execute on fourth down in this one. But I loved the aggression. On the positive side, their rookie undrafted, uh, James Robinson from Illinois State. He's looked great. 129 total yards in this one, two touchdowns. You love to see those stories, right? With the undrafted guy getting the getting the start and doing and exceeding, uh, that's great stuff right there. He, another one that comes to mind is Philip Philip Lindsey, a local kid from uh, Denver, Colorado, and he was undrafted as well, and, and he's on that Broncos team and he's had success there too. Uh, the game just got away from Jacksonville in this one. Uh, they just made too many mistakes, and it was just hard for them to come from behind with all those mistakes. Uh, the scoreline didn't really do it justice. I felt like it was a lot closer, but in Miami it was just so damn efficient. Its magic was incredible and uh, yeah he he's he's hot and cold but when he's hot he is on fire all right it's time for the week three preview oh boy so this is where I do the predictions on games I go through the injury list as well that's something that I might I'll have to see I got to get some feedback on that I think it's important to go through injuries but I know that the audience that listens right now, there's some people that are into it and they know the players that I'm listing and they realize that, okay, if this guy misses, it's actually a big deal. And there's other people that are like, I don't even, I've never even heard that guy's name before. Why are you even saying it? So i I'll, I have to get some feedback on that, but anyway, so predictions. So last week I was 15 and one, I, uh, I did great. Uh, so I got bailed out by the Dallas pick, right? With Atlanta shooting the bed, but then I also, and then I picked the saints uh, so and they lost. So, four, you know, so maybe, maybe like fourteen and two. But I go fifteen and one. So we are now twenty six and six on the season. It's a strong start for uh, your boy Yerkes over here. All right, I know what I'm doing. This is going to be a tough week, though. A lot of close games. I'm all, I'm already. I'm already in the hole as well. I'm starting zero and one. But let's get into it here. First game, we got the Washington football team. They're taking on the Browns. Cleveland is a seven point favorite in this one. On Washington side, for injuries, their linebacker, Holcomb, he is out for the second straight week with a knee injury. Their starting right tackle, Morgan Moses, he's questionable. And their wide receiver, Steven Sims Jr., he is also questionable with a toe injury. Cleveland, they are banged up. Olivier Vernon, the defensive end. Cornerback, Greedy, yes, yes, Greedy, G-R-E-E-D-Y. Williams, their cornerback, and then linebacker, Jacob Phillips, they are all out. Denzel Ward, their corner is questionable with a groin. And their starting center... Their starting center, J.C. Trettler, is questionable as well. Washington, this football team, they lead the NFL with 11 sacks. They have a great pass rush. Uh, Their rookie, Chase Young, number two overall in the draft. He looked really good. He's looked really good, rather. Two and a half sacks through two games and a forced fumble. Uh, Baker really struggles against pressure for Cleveland. Uh, they'll probably look to rely on Chubb and Hunt, that that 1-1 one, one punch, right? Not 1-2, where they're both studs. They could both be starting running backs in this league. Uh, as far as Dwayne Haskins for Washington, he can't turn the ball over in the red zone. Uh, he doesn't have any picks through the first two weeks, but he's fumbled, I believe, twice. And he fumbled once in the red zone. Not great. He's got to be more accurate. Remember, this is a Cleveland defense that, on paper, they're good, but they just give up 30 points and 300 yards to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, they this this football team washington it's so weird because i can't they don't have a mascot (laughs) the washington football team they have weapons on offense right they have terry mclaurin second year wide receiver antonio gibson the rookie running back he keeps getting more touches i don't think it's going to be enough though i think that cleveland will win this game but i i would i am going to start doing uh whether i bet the line on games or if i would you know i'm going to start betting the line on some of them right so Cleveland wins, but I think Washington covers covers the 7 here. I, I would pick Washington plus 7 in this one, and I was betting. The Raiders, after their huge win, they take on the Patriots, so right, into the, right out of the frying pan, into the fryer for them. Uh, injury-wise, Henry Ruggs is questionable. Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and Brian Edwards are also questionable as well. Waller and Jacobs practice today, so that's big for them. Uh, New England sides the starting center David Andrews is doubtful. James White, he's out for personal reasons. The running back, this is this was terrible. Before the Sunday night game, uh, his parents uh, were in a car crash in Florida last Sunday. Their father, unfortunately, his father unfortunately died, and his mother, as of Wednesday, is still in critical critical condition. Uh, it's just such a bummer. Remember uh, a few years back, James White—he was a running back that scored the game-winning touchdown against Atlanta in that Super Bowl in overtime. So he's—he's uh, he's always a fun, been a great player to watch. So yeah, thoughts go out to him for sure. Uh, obviously, if Waller, Josh Jacobs, and then the two wide receivers, Rugs and Brian Edwards, don't play, they have no chance of winning this game. Cam Luton's looked too good. He'll go one versus eleven again if he has to. Uh, And also, I don't know if Carr can sustain his play all year, right? I think that he is a very underrated quarterback, but I'm not sure if he can consistently keep this offense moving. They were very efficient against the Saints on Monday, but I don't know if they can do it against New England. My prediction though, New England wins, and they're going to cover the five and a half. Go Patriots. The Titans, they are at the Vikings. Tennessee is a two and a half point favorite in this one. I'm surprised that they're only two and a half, but Minnesota, this is kind of a must win for them. So, uh, linebacker Vic Vic Beasley for Tennessee. He's going to make his season debut. He's been uh, working through an injury. Wide receiver AJ Brown is questionable with a knee. Cornerbacks Jonathan Joseph, Chris Jackson, and Malcolm Butler. All three of them are questionable. So something to look into. On Minnesota side, their cornerbacks Mike Hughes and Cameron Dansler. They are both out, and another cornerback Chris Boyd is questionable. So like I said, this feels like a must-win for Minnesota. Unfortunately, they've looked terrible, so I don't I, I don't like it. Their defense has been awful. Their offense without digs apparently has been really bad. I thought that they would not struggle at all. I thought that Thielen would be enough with, with uh, Dalvin Cook in there, but it's just been bad. Kirk Cousins has been abysmal. He had three interceptions last week. Uh, they really don't have anybody outside of Thielen. I thought that they would. Uh, Dalvin Cook has looked good, but the game script hasn't really been on their side. So maybe against Tennessee, a team that likes to run the ball, maybe they can get into a closer game where they don't have to abandon the run as much. Because Dalvin Cook has been solid for them, but they just haven't been able to really be that run-first offense that they want because they've been behind in games. I do think it is a must-win for Minnesota, but I cannot pick them. I'll believe it when I see it. I think Tennessee wins, and they cover the 2.5. Henry's going to have a field day against this defense. Tannehill also showed that... If they don't have a good running game going, if their defense kind of struggles, that he can step up and be the guy. I think that he's going to fall out as well. Look for Jonu Smith to repeat his performance. Last week, uh, he also had, he had... Last week, he had two touchdowns. So, yeah, I'll just believe it when I see it with the Vikings. Titans win this one. Number four, another kind of must-win game for a team. The Cincinnati Bengals, they play the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly is a five-point favorite in this one. On Cincinnati's side... Defensive tackle, Geno Atkins, is out for a third week in a row with a shoulder injury. And Mike Daniels' defensive tackle is questionable with a groin. Philly, more wide receiver issues for them. They're going to start breaking out the lawn chairs. Alshon Jeffrey, he hasn't played yet. He's still out with a foot. But the rookie wide receiver, Jalen Rager, he he has a torn UCL in his thumb. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. Uh, Their best defensive player, Fletcher Cox, defensive tackle, he's also going to be a game-time decision. So this is like Minnesota, right? This is a must-win for the Eagles. And I am on thin ice for Carson Wentz, right? So I talked about in the beginning of the season that I that out of between Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz, Wentz is my guy. I think he's better, straight up. But he has been terrible. Yes, there have been line issues. And yes, that he might be throwing to lawn chairs by the end of the season. But he's just playing bad. Just straight up. He's been late on his throws. He's made bad decisions. He's been turning the ball over. Two interceptions again last week. Um, just a mess. I do think though, I give him one more chance. He, they should be able to bounce back. They will. I think that he'll get more support from his running back Miles Sanders. Remember he came back for his first game last week, so he'll get more comfortable. Uh, I think the Eagles will win and cover. It's just way too important of a game. On Cincinnati's side though, I I'm gonna enjoy watching Burrow all year. He's been great. He's been able to move the ball. He's got great weapons on offense. The chemistry between A.J. Green and him is only going to get better. Thir- he, he led that offense 30 points last week, over 300 yards passing and three touchdowns. He was great. So keep watching the Bengals. If not for – I mean, they're going to lose games, but – I mean, honestly, they could pull this one out. They've been able to move the ball. Philly's defense hasn't been that incredible. Since he could pull the upset here, but I just think this is a game that's way too important for Philly. So, But keep watching Burrow. He's been phenomenal. All right, the Bears. The Bears play the Falcons. Atlanta. So Atlanta's 0-2. The Bears are 2-0. Atlanta's a three-point favorite in this one. Just to give you an idea. Injury-wise for the Bears, Khalil Mack, he's questionable with a knee, but he was practicing in the week, so he'll probably play. Atlanta, they got a ton of injuries. Too many to, to name. Here are the main ones. Wide receiver Julio Jones, he's going to be a game time decision. Safety Ricardo Allen and Kendall and quarterback Kendall Sheffield, they're both out. Uh, Dante Fowler, Dante Fowler, defensive end, he's going to he's questionable with an ankle, and the starting left tackle Jake Matthews is questionable as well. So with all these injuries, and with the Bears being two and zero, you might be like asking, why are the two you know Bears underdogs in this one? Why are they three point underdog? Well. I want to play a game with you guys and I want to channel Sesame street for this one. So we're going to take a blast. We're going to take a trip to the past, a blast in the past. What was I going to, what was I trying to do there? We're going to travel back in time. So here are all of the two and no quarterbacks right now in the NFL. You have Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. So, One of these quarterbacks doesn't belong here, so let's find who it. Let's see who it is. Dun dun. Is it Patrick Mahomes? No, it is not. Is it Lamar Jackson? No. Josh Allen? Nope. Oh, what about Russell Wilson? No, he's been really good. Oh, I know who it is. It's Mitch Trubisky. That's right. Mitch Trubisky is twenty eighth right now, in completion percentage, fifty nine percent. And if you take out his fourth quarter against the Lions, right? So he was 8 for 10 on that. He was 8 for 10 for 89 yards and three touchdowns in that fourth quarter, right? Phenomenal. He had his best pass of his career in that game. You take that You take that quarter out, he's 30 of 54 for 343 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. He is a bum. Trubisky stinks. Ripped the Band-Aid off Ryan Pace. You messed up. You should have picked Deshaun Watson. You should have picked Patrick Mahomes. You you need to get rid of him last year and move on. Just admit that you made a mistake and let's get somebody else in there. Put Foles in. I'm tired of seeing it. Despite all of that, though, (laughs) this is the worst part. Despite all of that, I'm predicting the Bears to win in this game. Even with Trubisky, even with his nonsense, I think that they're going to win this game. I won't bet on it though. I won't take the Bears plus 3. But here's the reason why I will take the Bears in this game. And it this is the only reason because I'm an Atlanta homer. Like I I I love Atlanta. I always I've always liked Atlanta ever since they got Matt Ryan and I, like Roddy White back in the day. I've always liked Atlanta. I'm taking the Bears in this one because I can't live with myself if Atlanta loses. I just I can't do it. I I was I was this close you can't see it, but I was literally millimeters away from picking Atlanta last week and to see that unravel and them lose, it would have it would have torn my heart apart. So like if if I pick Atlanta and they lose this game again, I don't think I could live with myself. So I'm going to pick the Bears and hope that that the better defense wins that Trubisky has a field day against Atlanta which he should and Montgomery is great on the ground he continues to be great running back for the Bears he continues to have his solid season but golly man let's get Trubisky out of here because he's gonna play I already see how it's gonna go he's gonna play like just good enough to retain his job and then we're gonna be in this vicious cycle like we were with Jay Cutler (laughs) oh I'm sure Trubisky's a nice guy all right he just can't play football All right, the Texans are playing the Steelers. Pittsburgh is a four-point favorite in this one. Uh, For Houston, running back Duke Johnson is questionable. Wide receiver Brandon Cooks is questionable with a quad. And the starting left tackle, Laramie Laramie Tunsell, is questionable as well. On Pittsburgh's side, uh, just Juju Smith-Schuster is questionable with a knee. Uh, This is very simple. Steelers are going to win. They're going to cover. They have a great defense. Uh, I think that Big Ben will keep shaking off the rust. The offense is going to have a cleaner game. Remember, they were very sloppy against Denver. That game should have been a blowout. Uh, basically, Deshaun Watson is screwed, If especially if Laramie Tunsell, the left tackle, can't play. Uh, if Cooks is out, that is ter- terrible as well because I think Will Fuller is still nursing an injury. They have no weapons on offense. You have a very passive coach in Bill O'Brien that will take the safe route, that will punt, that will not trust his offense. I think the Steelers are going to blow them out. All right, we have the Niners taking on the Giants. The Niners are a four-point favorite in this one. Uh, Injury-wise, the Niners, they're, everyone's injured. Straight up, everyone. Uh, Jimmy G, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, George Kittle, D. Ford, Dre Greenlaw, they are all out. All of them. And they're all starters. And all of them are going to be out in this one. I think Kittle could play, but they're playing the Giants, so why risk it? Nick Mullins, he's going to start at quarterback for the Niners. He's serviceable. He'll get the job done. On the Giants' side... Uh, Sterling Shepard, wide receiver, he's on IR. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, he tore his ACL. He's done. They signed the Vontae Freeman, free agent. He played for Atlanta last year. They signed him this week. Uh, He was okay for Atlanta last year. He's just kind of – I mean, obviously, you can't replace Saquon Barkley, so he'll just kind of be whatever. Uh, Safety, Adrian Colbert, he's doubtful. And quarterback, Brandon Williams, is questionable. Here's the deal. The Niners, they're still going to get the job done, all right? They they probably will cover the four points as well. It's still a very well coached team. They're still very good. Players will step up. You kind of saw it last week. Jarek McKinnon, he was great. Jordan Weed, Jor- Jordan Weed, <laughs> Jordan Reed, he was fantastic. Looked looked great. Scored twice in there for Kittle. Fred Warner, middle linebacker, one of the best young linebackers in the league. He'll step up again. He was he's always tackling machine. He'll just have to do more. Uh, you look for the rookie Javon Kinlaw on that defensive line to make to make another step forward. They also signed defensive end Ziggy Ansa. Remember, if you remember him way back in the day, he was on the Lions. He looked great there. I think there was some off the field issues. Then he got signed by Seattle. Uh, he was a free agent that the Niners just picked him up. Hopefully, he'll be productive. On the Giants' side, Daniel Jones—he's got to do it all, right? We'll see how the running game looks. Can they support Daniel? Can they support Daniel Jones? I don't think they can. Niners are going to win. All right. Game of the week, in my opinion, obviously – or game of the weekend, I should say. The game of the week is on Monday. But game of the weekend, in my opinion, the L.A. Rams, they go to Buffalo. They take on the Bills. The Bills are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. On the Rams side, rookie running back Cam Akers. He's questionable with a rib injury. Cornerback Darius Williams is also questionable. On Buffalo side, Delshawn Phillips, the linebacker. Rookie running back Zach Moss and tight end Dawson Knox. Dawson, love that name. Uh, He is out. All three of them are out. Uh, Linebackers Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. These guys are studs. They missed last week. Uh, They had limited practice throughout the week. They will probably play. And then wide receiver John Brown, he's like the number two in the offense. Uh, He's questionable with a foot injury. He'll probably play as well. The Rams offense has been extremely good this year. They've been able to run it well and pass it well. They've looked great. Josh Allen, though, on Buffalo, on Buffalo's side, he they've taken the training wheels off. They're letting him air it out. He's been incredible. He he leads the NFL. Well, he did before last night's game. He let he he led the NFL in passing yards through two weeks. He's completing 70% of his passes. Stephon Diggs into that offense has been the jump the been the boost that the Bills have needed. He's been that deep threat. He's been that playmaker, that that pure number one receiver. Uh, we'll see if the Rams defense is for real in this one. I'm going to circle the wagon and pick Buffalo, right? That Rams defense, outside of Aaron Donald, I'm not sure how good they are. They're going to have a good test this weekend against the Bills. I am going to pick the Bills. Uh, I'll pick them to cover. Yeah, sure, why not? All right, the Jets, the stinky, stinky Jets, they play the Colts. Indy, get this, they're an 11.5 point, 11.5 point favorite against the Jets. That's a lot of points. Alright, so let's start with the Jets injuries. Their starting wreck tackle, George Fant, he's gonna be out. Their wide receivers, Jamison Crowder and Rashad Perriman, are also out. And then the rookie, Denzel Mims. Last week he was placed on the IR. On Indy side, tight end Jack Doyle, he's questionable with a knee. Uh, safety Julian Blackman is also questionable. And cornerback Rock Yasin. Rock, like first name Rock, last name, YA Hyphen Sin. Is also questionable. Here, um, here are Sam Darnold's weapons heading into this week. So, uh, or his wide receivers, I guess, all of his weapons. So, wide receivers, you have Chris Hogan. Uh, so he's bounced around a lot. He was on the Patriots for a while. Uh, he's bounced around a few teams. So he's questionable with a rib, with a rib injury. So that's your number one receiver. Then you have Braxton Berrios. Who the hell is that? He actually looked okay last week. And then Josh Malone. So two no-name guys, and then a guy that's bounced around the league for the past few years. At running back, you have Frank Gore, who is going to do a job, right? He's going to the Hall of Fame, hopefully. But he's 37. And then at tight end, you have Chris Herndon, who is great, but your coach won't let him go out and and catch passes. Like Adam Gase is having him block for Frank Gore instead of trying to air the ball downfield. It's very weird. Indy's going to win this game. 11.5 Eleven and a half is so many, but against the Jets, the terrible, god awful Jets, I think that they'll cover the eleven and a half. The Jets' defense stinks. They have a few good play, they have a few good players, but they stink overall. Adam Gase is a pile. Darnold is all by himself. He's all alone. He has Chris Hernan, like I said, but Gase won't let him, won't let Herndon go out for passes. Indy's defense is also very good. They really stepped it up last week. Picked off cousins three times. I think Darnold's in trouble. It's terrible. He just has no support. Oh, poor Jets. Poor Darnold. I don't. I poor Jets. I feel bad for the Jets. I really do. All right, the Panthers. They play the Chargers this weekend. LA is a six and a half point favorite in this one. That seems like a lot of points. Obviously, on Carolina side, you have McCaffrey. He's on IR with a high ankle sprain. The starting left guard, Dennis Daly, he's doubtful with an ankle, and their starting left tackle is questionable with a groin. Uh, defensive tackle Kwan Short is also doubtful with a foot injury he's their best defensive player uh, on the Lakers side obviously we have the Lakers on the Chargers side obviously Tyrod Taylor he is out remember he got his lung punctured great job by the team doctor there Herbert is going to get his second start in the NFL he looked good last week I'm excited to see him defensive tackle Justin Jones is questionable with the shoulder Starting right tackle Brian Balaga is also questionable, and safety Rashawn Jenkins is questionable as well. My prediction, like I said, I'm excited to see Herbert in this one. He had a solid debut over 300 yards. He also threw a passing touchdown and rushed one in. He had a really bad pick, but it's going to happen. Uh, Chargers have been running the ball extremely well with Eckler and Joshua Kelly, the rookie. The defense played really good last week. They really frustrated the Chiefs. I think that the, the Chargers will win this one. I don't know if they cover the six and a half, that's a lot of points. You got to remember, Teddy is a good quarterback, and they're going to let him air it out here. They have really solid weapons on on Carolina's side. Wide receiver-wise, you have DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. And all three of them have looked solid. Uh, watch out for Curtis Samuel in this one. He might get a lot of uh, carries at running back. You know, Davis coming in for McCaffrey. Obviously, he's not as good as McCaffrey, but he'll still get the job done. So, I think the Chargers will win, but six and a half is a lot, so I don't know if they All Alright, the Cowboys. How about them, Cowboys? Eh, Kind of meh. They take on the Seahawks. Seattle is a five-point favorite in this one. Uh, Just a side note, the over-under in this one is 56 points. I would still bet the over. These are two terrible defenses. Alright, on Dallas' side, the starting left tackle, Tyron Smith. He is questionable, again, with a neck injury. That seems like it's going to be a lingering thing all year. Not great. Their cornerback, Chidobi Awuzie, he's going to miss multiple weeks with a hammy. And DeMarcus Lawrence, defensive end, he is questionable. On Seattle side, you got defensive tackle, Jaron Reed. He's got a back injury. He's questionable. The starting left tackle, Dwayne Brown, and their cornerback, Quinton Dunbar, they are both questionable as well. Uh, the Cowboys are coming off a thriller against the Falcons. They should be 0-2, staring down 0-3, but they are not. Even though they won that game, I am concerned long-term. They really don't do anything well. They don't have a really good pass rush They on defense. They don't really have a great secondary. Uh, Dak was good, but they just seem like empty stats, right? against Against better teams, that doesn't happen. This offense had four turnovers in the first half. Not great. Well, one of them, I think, was the fake punt that I talked about that was just – that was a bad call. It's just a mess. I think that you're going to see a lot of empty stats by Dallas, where on paper it's like, oh, wow, Dak threw for 450 yards. It's like, yeah, but they should have lost or things like that, right? Seattle, they're just – they're going to win this game, I feel. Wilson's going to keep cooking. Jamal Adams is going to keep making plays on that defense. They'll do enough. Uh, I'll take the points as well. I think they'll cover the five points. I – they're seattle's just too well coached they're not like atlanta they won't shit the bed uh they won't let this comeback happen but i think it'll be a high scoring affair like i said uh over under is 56 i would i would bet the over all right a couple more games here we got the bucks taking on the broncos tampa bay is a five and a half point favorite in this one on the buck side jason pierre paul defensive end he's questionable with a knee wide receiver scotty miller is questionable with a hip and groin, and the sharding left tackle, Donovan Smith, is also questionable. On Denver's side, uh, they lost Cortland Sutton. Obviously, after that game, he has a torn ACL. He's done for the season. Drew Locke is out. He's not on IR, interesting enough, so they think that he might be able to come back in the next couple weeks. They went out and signed another backup, though. Blake Bortles, the boat he makes – he's going to – well, he's going to be a backup, but he might make an appearance. Jeff, Dris- Jeff Driscoll is going to get the start in this one. Rookie wide receiver Jerry Judy, he's questionable with a rib injury. And then they have defensive end Shelby Harris, safety, Trey Marshall, and cornerback Devontae Harris. They are all questionable. And Harris, it looks like he might miss one to two weeks with a hammy. My prediction for this one, I think Brady and the offense are going to keep, they'll keep getting better over the season, right? Brady, he had some good passes, right? He still made a mistake, still had an interception, still missed some people, but you're seeing you're seeing that the offense is starting to get together. The running game has looked great with Lennon Fournette and Ronald Jones. Their defense has been incredible against the run. So Chris Driscoll's gonna have to air it out to keep up with Tampa here. It's not gonna happen. Tampa, Tampa Bay wins. Take the five and a half points. They're gonna roll in this one. They're gonna set sail. They're heating up. All right. Last two games, the Lions, they take on the Cardinals this weekend. Arizona is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. On Detroit's side, Kenny Galladay. He could be back for his first start of the season. That's huge for them. He's Remember, he's had that hammy in, I- issue. The hamstring re- is a really tough one with wide receivers. You don't want to bring them back too soon. They could re it, you know. So that's why he sat out the first two weeks. Uh, their safety, though, C.J. Moore, their defensive tackle, Nick Williams, and their cornerback, Desmond Trufant, they are all questionable. And their starting right tackle, give me a second here, Halapuli Vaitai, what a name. He's also questionable. On Arizona's side, wide receiver Christian Kirk is questionable with a groin injury. Defensive end Jordan Phillips and their starting center, Mason Cole, are questionable as well. Kyler Murray has been fantastic for Arizona in his second season. He's had that instant connection with DeAndre Hopkins. He's been running the ball extremely well on the design run plays. He seems very comfortable and in control of that offense. Their defense has been great as well. I think that Arizona is going to win this game. I'm not sure if they cover the five and a half though. The Lions defense is going to get run all over though. So maybe they do, but Stafford, is still, in my opinion, a top-ten quarterback in the league. He can air it out, especially if Gallaudet is back. That adds another dimension to that Detroit offense. If you get a full-strength Gallaudet back with Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, you got the rookie DeAndre Swift. I think that they could be trouble for this Arizona defense. It's going to be a real test for Arizona, I think, in this one, their defense. See how good they really are. And then finally, the Sunday night football game. We got the Green Bay Packers. They come into town Uh, play the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans is a three-point favorite in this one. So the big injury, though, on the Green Bay side, wide receiver Devontae Adams. Just talking about hamstrings. He's going to be a game-time decision in this one. And then defensive tackle Kenny Clark, he's questionable with a groin injury. On the Saints side, Michael Thomas, he hasn't practiced all week. He's talked about how he's going to be back sooner than people think, but he's probably not going to play. It's very doubtful he plays in this one. Uh, Defensive end, Marcus Davenport. Defensive tackle, Malcolm Brown. And their starting left tackle, Taron Armstead. All three of them are questionable. Rodgers has been fantastic for the Packers. Like I said, he's on his farewell tour. He's going to light up the league. But I'm very concerned if Adams doesn't play, right? Can anyone else emerge? That's been the problem. Last year, that was their issue, right? When Adams went down, they didn't really have anybody that could step up, you know, Alan, they There are two other weapons on offense, Alan Lazard, and or two other wide receivers, I should say. You have Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Those are the two guys. can either of them step up. Aaron Jones, obviously, has been a beast. He was great against Detroit last week. He also made some insane—he might be the best receiving back in the league. Honestly, he made some insane catches last week. He'll help fill the void if Adams can't go, but there will still be a void nonetheless. I'm also very worried about the rushing defense. I think that Alvin Kamara for the Saints could have a field day here. They didn't, like I said, they had a weird draft. Green Bay did, right? With the Jordan Love thing first, and then they drafted a running back in the second round. They got no wide receiver help. They didn't really help their defense in the offseason. So there's still question marks. On the Saints side, though, like I said, at the beginning of the week after that Monday night football game, this worries me, man. Uh, Breeze looked bad, like a lot of short stuff. They don't throw the ball deep. A lot of checkdowns to Alvin Kamara in that Monday Night Football game. They were also very sloppy, tons of penalties. The defense was bad. A, a defense that you thought was going to be, you know, maybe top five, top ten in the league. It does not look the part. The Raiders had no problem moving the ball all day. My prediction in this one, even if Adams can't go, I am going to take Green Bay in this one gotta remember there's really no home field advantage the offense has been on fire they've thro- they've had over a thousand yards on offense through two weeks now granted they haven't really played good defenses but they've been able to move the ball efficiently i think Rodgers takes control i think that alan lazard or valdez scantling can take the next step they can step up in adams absent i think that aaron jones has been running the ball way too well i don't think the saints on a short week Coming off the Monday night football game, I don't think they can clean everything up and come out on fire. So I think that the Green Bay Packers will take this game. And that will do it for the Sunday night the Sunday night game and the Sunday night – oh, my goodness. That will do it for the Sunday games in week three. Jesus. These long ones, man, sometimes they kill me. We did do it, though. Another week in the books. Third week down. Whew crazy so if you did enjoy this episode feel free to pass it along i do appreciate it we keep getting better and better each week week by week day by day maybe month by month long term year by year who knows man uh we're getting better next week it's oh it's gonna be a great next week payoff baseball starts that's gonna be amazing padres start i think padres game one is on wednesday look out for that uh the playoffs start next Tuesday. So Monday, Monday's plan, we're going to go over the playoff standings. We'll see who ended up where. We'll talk some NBA, see if the finals have already been decided. If not, we might have a hmm, we might have a Monday game or a Tuesday game depending on how things shake out. Then obviously we'll recap all the week 3 action in the NFL from the weekend and then we'll preview the game of the week, Monday Night Football. Kansas City Chiefs against the Baltimore Ravens. That'll be insane. Other than that, though, have a great weekend. Thank you for watching your stocks. Enjoy the sports. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the basket hoops. Watch a ton of football. Good luck in fantasy if you play it. Good luck in the picks if you do that. Good luck if you're betting. Don't lose a ton of money. I am not responsible for any losses in regards to lines. Unless you win, then I want credit. All right, that's going to do it. This has been Yark's Talks. I will see you in the next one.